First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. Sometimes I'm more scared for them than they are because they're in the midst of that, and we're so far away, and those scary stories, what's going on in Ukraine. But I think they're protected there. The God is with them. Helping the thousands of Ukrainian orphans who are the displaced victims of the war. You'll meet Renata Kurtz of the Little Lambs Ministry now on First Person. Welcome to this week's program. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Among all the stories of the millions of people, adults and children who've been displaced by the war in Ukraine, let's not forget those children who are living in Ukrainian orphanages before the invasion. Many of them are now refugees living in other countries on top of being an orphan. That's when a Christian woman of German descent, born in Russia, enters our story. Renata Kurtz, who started Little Lambs, has mobilized volunteers to step into this crisis and do amazing things to help, and we'll learn about a summer camp for Ukrainian orphans who've been safely sent to Turkey. Not a large ministry by any means, Little Lambs also has people on the ground in Ukraine who are driving deep into the country on rescue missions. We'll have links to Little Lambs in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. Renata came to the studio recently to tell the story of what God has called her to do. Well, over 30 years we've been ministering to orphans in Ukraine. And it's just amazing to see what's happening now. They're all over Europe. I think 10,000 orphans, I heard, they were evacuated. They're all over. Uh, We heard a couple of weeks ago about opportunity to go to Antalya. Which is in Turkey. In Turkey. They were placed uh, 1,000 orphans in a camp or Mm. in a hotel, actually. And um, the local church, the Slavic church in Antalya, they were reaching out to the people um, to help Mm -hmm. the orphanage or the hotel management because they needed help. Well, that's an overwhelming number of children. It is a lot. Just and to care for them as, as well as, as minister to them. Correct. Yeah. And so they contacted us. It was a unique opportunity because we've done that in Ukraine for so many years, mm-hmm. but we've never went to Antalya or Turkey. Okay. So we got in touch with some people that helped us to connect with the church and um, organized in two weeks. 16 people from America and 18 people from Ukraine. Wait a minute, back up. You did all this in two weeks? Yes. <laughs> did you have trouble finding volunteers? Uh, not really. Uh, I have more for July, but July we cannot get the Ukrainians out anymore. Okay. So the more and more people wanted to go, which was amazing. God provided all that. Okay, so you mustered, um, you mustered some volunteers. There are many people that came to Turkey been before. In Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that have ministered in Ukraine. They love Ukraine. They love the orphans. They want to help. So it was easy to get them all going. Uh, it was a little bit harder to get the tickets, all the logistics of, of course. it. Of course. I can that only was li- imagine how difficult that, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and all that COVID requirements and people not sure what to do and what we need. But God all provided the door, opened the door ev- everywhere, all the way. And it was amazing yeah. to see the kids. Uh, the kids are from Dnipro region in most in both of the hotels. 
there are two hotels in Antalya. They split the kids in two hotels. So we needed two teams. The kids are all from Dnipro re- region. We've never worked with Dnipro region before. And these are was, from the smallest toddlers and babies on up? Uh, they didn't have toddlers. The kids, the orphan kids that we had, they were six years old and up. Okay. Uh, there were younger kids. There were foster families there. And there were kids of the caregivers. Okay. They had to take them all out. Hmm. It was bittersweet somehow. The kids are the same like we met in Ukraine for the last 30 years. They all have those emotional needs, want to be hugged, want to be touched, want to be, they just need attention. Mm-hmm. But all well, the older kids talked about, why, when are we going home? Yeah. What's going on? Why is Putin doing that? And one kid said, I hate him. And I said, hate is a strong word. Mm-hmm. God said we have to love everyone god will take care of him but it was hard to for the kids to tell them that god is in control there so not only are the orphans living in ukraine before the war and but now layered on top of all that is all the trauma of being uh evacuated from a war-torn country and they must be suffering uh you were talking about the fact that some of them are are even shell-shocked Yes, we when the Ukrainians arrived and they drove three um, days to get to Antalya. They had trouble at a couple of borders, and um, but they got there. And there was a girl who works in a rehab center in Donetsk region, still in the Ukrainian control. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first night when we got there, we were just sitting and si- singing, praying first a little bit. And then a hotel next to us got some fireworks going. And she got like really scared, had tears in her eyes, mm. really turned mm. around, was not sure what was happening. Mm. We just looked at her or we got, a couple of us got up and hugged her and it, it just reaction that happens. Yeah. People live with that. Yeah. Many, I don't think the kids in the orphanages or in the hotels that we met lived through that because some of them came out the first week of March. So they come or came out early um, during the war crisis mm-hmm. out, but nevertheless, they, they have been so long now. It's like four months. They want to go back. We had so many kids asking, "When are we com- going back?" And I've been in Ukraine for thirty years. I've seen the orphanages. The hotels are much nicer. <laughs> the food is much nicer. But, but it's they, not home for them. But they want to go back home. Yeah. And I thought even the orphans who have not much to look forward in life, they are patriots. Mm-hmm. They love their country. They want to go home. Of course. What was a day like? What, what were you able to do with the children? Um, we would go every morning. We couldn't stay in the same hotel for security reasons. So we stayed a couple of hotels down the road. So in the morning we had breakfast and then we would just go to um, the hotel. In the morning we tried to do a um, little of a Bible lesson. Mm-hmm. We did some singing first, get them all quiet and excited. Then we did uh, little Bible lessons. Uh, the hotel, I stayed there, two hotels. The other hotel uh, had kids a little bit better mentally. Mm. Uh, they're not physically disabled, but mentally. Our hotel had more kids that, um, you know, they're 14 years old, acted like seven. Oh. So, um, 
so we did short Bible lessons, visual thing, mm-hmm. uh, like they had a couple of, you know, glasses of water, and then one is dark, and you put something in, and then it <laughs> gets all light, and this is what how God, Jesus does our sin. Wonderful. When you accept God, uh, Jesus, it becomes, your heart becomes, or your life becomes clean. That's what Jesus, so kind of short, maybe five minutes, six minutes, and then we sang, and we did crafts, we did all kind of activities, uh, couldn't do big sport activities like we do in Ukraine. They don't have mm-hmm. a soccer field mm-hmm. or anything. It's a hotel. They're mm-hmm. all tight and no space. But we split up in small groups and played lots of games, lots of hugging, lots of laughing, lots of crying. I can only imagine what that meant to the children. Um, you know, I, I, it must have been hard to leave after a couple of, how long were you there? Two weeks. Two week. After two, two weeks. weeks, how hard was it to walk away? It was very hard. It was very hard. There uh, was one group, um, and they had 12 orphans in that group, two ladies, and one lady always came. She had three kids that didn't talk at all. Two older kids talked a little bit, so that was the mostly severely um, emotionally and and mentally um, dysfunction group, kind of. And... the day before we left, she came and said, we had Chris from California, a guy who I met in Simpson College 20 years ago. He came first time. And then the last couple of years, he started now that his family is older, kids, and he keeps coming back to Ukraine. And Chris was amazing. He had that little boy, six years old, Ilya. He ran to him. He didn't speak a word, but he ran to Chris and he was hugging him and holding him. And she came and she looked at me. I could see in her eyes tears. She said, I have never seen a male, a Mm, man, mm. holding a child like that, paying so much attention to him. He said, this is like, look at his face. He couldn't say anything but big smile. And I think she, she didn't say that, but I could sense that. She was thinking if those kids had a father like that, most of them would not be growing up like that. Oh, they would be so much better off. Wow. wow. So it's it was so hard just to say goodbye to them or knowing that we don't know how long mm-hmm. it's going to be. Yeah, I know you're doing everything you can even after saying goodbye. You mentioned meeting uh, this man 20 years ago as a college student, and now here he is at his exactly. middle age. Well, you're seeing a lot yeah. of that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We have lots of people. Uh, there, I think uh, seven of the people that came um, to Antalya, they were all former, now older. <laughs> they were college kids 20 years ago. They now came back to help, and it's amazing to see that people, and even when the war started, you know, I'm on Facebook, um, don't even like Facebook that much <laughs> late, uh, the last couple of years because of whatever, but uh, I have so many orphans on Facebook, the graduates, the older kids, some Christians, some non, they always, you know, or not always, but every so often they ask for something or they need help, so I ke- like to keep in touch, and I also have lots of college kids because that's where they are, right, mm-hmm. on Facebook. So when the war started and I was posting what's happening and pray for Ukraine, I was so surprised how many people responded. People I haven't heard from for 20 years. And I said, and they put pictures from 20 years in Krasny Hutter, Chinigov region, in different orphanage we've been. Uh, they all scanned pictures before digital. Uh, <laughs> so they all like remembering Ukraine. And I said, 
girls, I thought you forgot Ukraine. I said, Renata, we will never forget Ukraine. Everybody wants to help. It's something, I think, when you spend time with kids like that, too. It just uh, makes you really think about what the value of life is, uh, what uh, country we live in, appreciate, and just pray for Ukraine and just have the love for the kids that you cannot forget. Renata Kurtz and Little Lambs are doing even more in Ukraine. We'll talk about that next here on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Renata Kurtz of Little Lambs Ministry. And Renata, there's more that you're doing that we'll talk about in a moment. But before we get there, I want to talk about you. You are German, right? Yes, correct. Uh, and yeah. how did you get connected with the with starting this ministry? Uh, are you only in Ukraine, but other countries as well? Um, I was born in the Soviet Union okay. back then, okay. in Krasnodar, actually. Oh, it's I've, Russia. Yeah, I've been to Krasnodar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I was four, my parents uh, moved us to Kazakhstan because, mm-hmm. they, because we were German. So there were German church in Kazakhstan. Uh, when I was... 12, we moved to Estonia, and from Estonia, when I was 17, we moved to Germany. Well, so that's, that, that's quite a <laughs> yeah, roundabout that, way of getting to Germany. Yeah, that was 72 when um, Brezhnev signed something in, in Helsinki for the, to bring the German relatives together. Mm-hmm. So finally, we were allowed to leave. But because I grew up uh, in the Soviet Union, so yeah. Russian and the youth, yeah. uh, the culture and the language were very close to me, and that's what we grew up in. I worked with Slavic Gospel for the first um, couple of years when we came to Wheaton. Um, but Ukraine is was the most open country, as you know. Mm-hmm. It was easy to work in Ukraine. We could go to any orphanage and have Bible lessons. No restrictions. About seven, eight years ago, we worked in Volgograd, Russia. For four years, we did summer camps. Um, Amazing orphanage staff, great people, but then they closed it down. The people would still invite us today, but they were not allowed. The The government government would not let us come. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Ukraine was open. So from day one, since 92, we started. And we were working in Ukraine ever since. Um, I have a girl who I met the second year in a camp, 93, Natasha. She is was back then 12, 13, so she's almost 40 now, um, or maybe over 40. Uh, she just got married two years ago to a guy in Nor- uh, Norway. She moved there, and she was telling me that she was doing um, language school at night, and she said, I am come early sometimes because it's a bus drive and you get early, and I read my Bible. And she said, after two nights, the teacher came and said, Natasha, we don't want you to read the Bible. It offends other people. There are only six people in a class. One more Polish lady and two other from uh, Muslim countries. And she said, why? I thought you were a free country. And she emailed me and she was shocked. She said, Renata, 
In Ukraine, I read my Bible in McDonald's, on a train, on a bus, in a park, in school. Nobody ever said anything. That's how Ukraine yeah. was. I think that's why Putin hates it. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard others say that, that it's the fact that uh, Ukraine has liberty. And it's not a perfect country. Exactly. But it has freedom. It has liberty, which yes. is an anathema to, yes. uh, the, the, to the former Soviet mindset. Well, we'll put more information about Little Lamb's ministry in our program notes. Thank you. Uh, our listeners Thank you. can go there and learn more that. of what you're doing. You, you kind of fly under the radar. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not really a large organization, but you're no. very effective. But there's more you're doing in this wartime in Ukraine that just brings a chill to my body to think about what what your staff are doing right now. In, describe what the ministry yeah. is, yeah. Um, even beyond caring for orphans. Yeah. Well, from the first uh, days when I called um, my director uh, in Kiev, Vitali, he took his family to um, Cherkasa region. That's where we have a summer camp just away from a bigger city. Mm-hmm. He helped uh, foster families that we help. Um, there are about 28 foster families that we work with. But it started with that, just bringing them out. And then more people were calling. They need help. So evacuating from Kiev region first when the Kiev was hit badly. And then Kharkov region. He's originally from Kharkov, so okay. he knows his relatives Which is in Kharkov. a very hard hit area. It was yeah. very hot, very yeah. close to Russia. They're like an hour from Russian border. Right. So he was going to Kharkov and picking it up. And it was about two weeks into that. And he called, he said, the van broke down. And I talked to a couple of people. God provided. We bought four vans Wonderful. since the war. Two in Ukraine to in Germany, and they're going in caravans of four, uh, three, four vans together to Kharkov. They're going to uh, the last four weeks, maybe six weeks, to Donetsk region outside of Slavansk, Izum. Um, and these are, these are dangerous areas. They're very dangerous places. And when they get there, um, they have a hard time even some to convince some people to get out. Uh, before they enter the, the gray area, they call it, the Ukrainian uh, military tells them to try to get out as many people as you can because we cannot fight fair. Mm-hmm. The Russians hit everywhere, mm-hmm. but we have to be careful because there are lots of people. Right. But the people are old people. They're scared. They don't know where to go. They don't have anybody. Vitaly said all the Christians people left in that area. They're just non-Christians, and they don't understand that God will help them, that the church will help them. They have no uh, understanding of that. What is church? What is a body of? And he said it got just totally new to him. It's like what we could go to any city, any country, without speaking the language. We could find uh, a church, Christian people, and we are family. Those people don't have that. So all so during the, these months of the war, he and your drivers have been driving these vans into Ukraine, into these danger yes, spots, yes, and bringing people out, yes, to safety, yes. Ever but they're, since they're, the war, they're risking their own lives to do it, aren't they? They do, they do. Um, I uh, there is a girl with them, Sasha. Yeah, tell me Sasha's who I, story. Who I met, who I met in '93 or '92 at the, one of the first camps. She was there. She's from Orphanage Twenty One in Kiev. Uh, she was a very big kind of rebel, 
uh, didn't like the uh, listen to us, wanted to do her own things. But five years later, God got a hold of her. She became a Christian. <laughs> she became a missionary later. She was in Uganda. She was in Philippines working with Nehemiah home where they have those uh, kids that they save from trafficking. In the Philippines? In the Philippines, okay. yes. Uh-huh. And she was in Brazil this last summer, uh, last winter. So she texted me and said, Renata, I need to get back to Ukraine. I said, Sasha, there's a war going on. You cannot go back. I need to help. Uh, but there was no convincing her to stay away. So she came. She is helping Vitaly now. I, she promised me she will listen to Vitalik not to get into danger because I just didn't trust her. She's like the kind of, you know, orphan. <laughs> we would call her like, a loose cannon, huh? <laughs> yes. She would take something what she finds and shoot back. She's been there now for six weeks, um, driving with Vitalik helping uh, evacuate people. She is good at talking to people. Mm. And uh, she's like, Renata, first, uh, she told me, first, when we drive back, it's about six hours drive. First, they're quiet and shocked. Then they start talking about, then uh, we asked them if we could sing a song. They said, we sing a song, a prayer for Ukraine, something that God would save Ukraine. Fantastic. And they started humming with us. (laughs) He said, at the end of the ride, they're singing with us. It's just, it's a ministry they have, but it's dangerous. I know it's dangerous. There was a couple of times she sent me a video where you could hear shooting mm-hmm. and the people were running. And she's like, uh, Vitalik, uh, let's go quickly, quickly, because they were afraid because still stuff is so close. Yeah. Well, I've been following on Facebook the story of your drivers, and it's so inspiring. These are not super highways they're driving. These no. are these no. are rough roads no. in dangerous areas, and the vans do break down, and there are delays, yes. and there are difficulties. But God's protected them, and they're they're doing what they're called to do. This this Sasha, that impresses me so much. She could have remained outside of Ukraine in yes. safety. Yes, but she's running to the battle. Yes, yes. What does that say to you? I think it's a she, she loves Jesus more than her life or loves Jesus um, enough to share with the people she knows. And we talked to her before she wanted to come. She said, but Renata, those people are dying and they don't know Jesus. So to her, it was important to share the gospel, no matter what happened. But, well, we always praying. And we always sense the peace in the morning when we leave. And if we don't sense the peace, we're not going. So we trust God that he guides and directs us. And Wayne, I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, but I put it that uh, on Facebook, just sometimes a couple of sentences that our teams are on the way again. And I see dozens, sometimes a couple of hundreds of people praying, praying, praying. Let's cover them in prayer. They keep praying. And I think God is just protecting them. God is good. We have to trust him. I'm scared for them because I'm too far away. I don't know conditions. I just hear a little bit and those scary stories, what's going on in Ukraine. But I think they're protected there. That God is with them. There is no question but that God is with them. But he's using people like Renata as agents of his care. Our guest has been Renata Kurtz of the Little Lambs Ministry. Soon after leaving the studio, I learned another story from the time spent with orphans in Turkey. One of the boys was very quiet, not speaking much. When they discovered that he was hard of hearing, he was tested, and Little Lambs provided a hearing aid for him. Just one example of the Christ-like kindness being shown to these children. You can learn more by following the links we've provided at firstpersoninterview.com, including the link 
to the Little Lamb's Facebook page for recent news. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com. Much thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for making First Person possible. Check out the latest from FEBC's ministry in Ukraine by visiting febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.